forever. Dog. Warning, the following podcast contains gushing, fawning, breathless praise, and at least one brief joke about a robot or something. It's Horizons on today's podcast, The Ride. Welcome to Podcast The Ride, the show where we like to say, I'll take the city. Yes, it's always exciting. I'm Jason Sheridan, joined as always by Mike Carlson. Yes, I'm here. Uh, I always say that I'll take the city. Uh, you know, it's one of the one of my merch items I sell on my personal Etsy shop. Oh, yeah. The front says, I'll take the city, and the back says, yes, it's always exciting. And then I also have, yeah, like athletic pants that say that on the butt as well, on the seat, excuse me. Yeah, and then you have small shorts that say, I'm serious, on one cheek, and the other cheek says, well, I am too. <laughs> like, <laughs> an unusually confrontational. Look, it's a big ride today, folks. I'm going narrow. There were so many, I'm sure there's lots of uh, lines about the future I could have started with. Scott Gardner, also here as usual. Um yeah, I yeah, I wear a hoodie that says uh, uh, "stretching frontiers into reality," um, <laughs> which is what um, Leonard Vickers, the General Electric VP of Corporate Marketing, uh, said what this attraction was about. Um, I yeah, and then Mr. my Vickers. and then on the and then I wear pants that on the butt say "I ride for Leonard Vickers." <laughs> <laughs> have we we have never talked about leonard vickers on the show before i don't think no this I love is the first, first time five minutes mm-hmm. getting straight vickers into in leonard there. vickers um we have to get you know we have to get stuff out of the way because there's so much stuff but can leonard vickers get it um i don't have a photo that one of the only google results for him is uh, an obituary and the photo used is a candle so uh i cannot off of that determine whether he can get it Hmm. Okay, well, we'll come back. We'll find, uh, like, young hunk pictures, and then we'll determine that later. Um, oh, wait. No, wait. I do have a photo. Wait. For, all right. From Progress City, USA. And just to explain, General Electric was the sponsor of this Epcot attraction we're talking about today. Uh, and, uh, all right. I will share my screen, and uh, please announce if you think that he can get it. <laughs> Uh, mm. I will say he's not as good as E-Card Walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I'll say. I don't want to put him down. I don't want to say he can't get it. I need to see more photos, but I will say he's no E-Card Walker. That's all I'll say. He's uh, he's in a suit uh, in front of like a wall of equations, like on a whiteboard. That's what we're looking at. He's approximately... Um, uh 62 years old <laughs> or 34 depending on like the time period and how people aged um yeah i look i don't know getting it is i i think he may have once been able to get it let me be nice to leonard yeah. vickers yeah 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 um, um look we got we got a lot of stuff we got to talk a lot about of today. stuff but shout out to progress city usa a great website and twitter account uh, i've read for years mm-hmm. um folks we're talking about horizons the most i will say and i've seen lots of other people saying it the most beloved closed attraction 
when it comes it's got, to yes, Walt it's Disney It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to right? be. Right? I... Maelstrom is closed, but you know, the bones of it are still there. And even then, that's, Maelstrom is not nearly the Horizons. Original Journey. Original, Original Journey, Journey yes, is I guess there. Mm-hmm. It's for sure there, but is it just because we can see at least see Figment even in his bastardized version? Maybe. It, great still, movie still, ride? Yeah, great. Yeah, but I I don't Catching. know. I don't, not, to, not to me. Yeah, yeah, I, could be this. Definitely could be this. Um, yeah, hey, and we're hitting early Epcot, barely not original Epcot. This was a year delayed, but, um, it's pretty early Epcot and, uh, it is shameful how little of this we've done. We did universe of energy and then haven't touched one in, in, in a little bit. Uh, and so we're, we'll, we'll start getting through them. And this one is huge. Is this, is it maybe a result of us enjoying things where we can like, talk shit and make fun of it like the american dream mall or uh some of these you know bizarre things that we cover as opposed to this where i mean i'm so excited to talk about it but i think it's going to be an episode full of like and then the that thing that was so good and then the music that was so good the sea base look it's two stories and there's animatronics on both and you there's it's like a die cut uh Yeah. yeah jason what you're trying to say is it's so good it's so good. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot, but it's, it's very would, earnest love for this thing, I, I think, with, with all of us. I was trying to figure out what the comedic angle on it was, because I also thought, oh, no, this is going to be just a gushing episode, which I'm sure people like. I think they like that. But they do come here to podcast right for the laughs. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to like, I'm like, oh, I think, you know, we could joke around about this interesting tidbit. So I have a couple joke notes to try to make sure <laughs> that there's some levity in this episode. I well, mean, that was, maybe I'll, but maybe I'll forget them. My funny discovery. I, I've watched this ride through now like four times, which is not unusual when prepping an episode. But this ride is like 20 minutes long if you watch all the endings. Uh so I feel because I just there's just so much I was having trouble remembering and wrapping my head around. And about an hour ago, as I was watching the last one, the thing that struck me as funny is the dynamic between the grandparent characters. Uh, and they're like clearly like each other, but they, they do snap at each other every now and then. Were you referencing that earlier? Is that what that little that uh, back that. and forth was about? Uh yeah, I I the I'll take the city. Yes, it's always exciting. Is like begrudgingly like yeah, they're making a good point. But the best I think is the lines when they're talking about uh the floating city, and the mm. and the one says I'm serious, and the other says Well, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this little this little bickering. Wow, wow. Um, so, uh, uh, elderly couples still fight in the future, no matter how hopeful it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Did, uh, uh, let me ask this right up top. Did this make you sad for the state of the world? Oh yeah. Watching this video. Cause it certainly made me sad. <laughs> I anticipated yeah. this. I was, I, and I was thinking, I, I feel like we have to put a moratorium on discussion of how. The future is bleak and not as good as Horizon. Fair. Because the more of that that's run through this episode, this will be a miserable slog. Hey, I hear I hear that. That's why I wanted to get it out of the way right now, mm-hmm. is that I was watching it, and I was just like, oh, yeah, that would be... 
oh yeah wouldn't have been great if we were like here by now right um i uh, i am optimistic i do agree with one of the mission statements of the ride that this future is possible all you have to do is get rid of fossil fuels, the current iteration of wage labor, policing, the military industrial complex, the current concept of nation states and nuclear weapons, which, yes, that sounds great. Let's go for it. Let's have horizons. <laughs> Surely the yeah, DNC I, and Nancy Pelosi can stay, wouldn't you say, Jason? I mean, look, as long as they're ripping up paper and clapping, that's all That's all I care about. <laughs> Hell yeah. Commemorative scarves. Man, these ballers, they're going to bring they're going to get us to Horizons future. Mm-hmm. There there should be a new version of Horizons where an empty political gesture is one of the scenes and then the next scene we see what happened. So it's like Pelosi clapping and then all of a sudden we're on the moon and a moon base we've colonized the moon because of that gesture oh it inspired people so much to be the best version of themselves yeah it created harmony on earth and enabled an international cooperation to build uh uh, brava centauri that's right (laughs) so that could really draw the parallel i think in a future version of this but again that's maybe that's future brainstorming i don't even want to get there uh i do think they're there's a funny, realistic version of this where it's like, wow, we have a colony on the moon thanks to SpaceX. Uh-oh, the founder of SpaceX is tweeting about a, a local worker that's trying to rescue a child. He's calling him a pedophile again. <laughs> and this he just really sh- in the moon colony is on fire, the first instance of fire in space. <laughs> Elon Musk is spending most of his days trying to debunk COVID testing. He really should be more focused on... His futurism, his uh, future colonies. Why is this colony just thick with blunt smoke? (laughs) (laughs) It has been for years, apparently. Uh, um, This is a weird... I don't want to, like, over-explain this thing, because I think many of the listeners just absolutely know what Horizons is and have it memorized and have been wondering when we were going to get to it. But I feel like it is a product of it being gone since 1999, that there are a lot of people who don't really know it, uh, didn't get to go on it. Um, and in, in doing so, I mean, the, the basics of it are uh, early Epcot attraction, open to year late. Um, it is where Mission Space is now. Um, and it is like a hard ride to synopsize. It is a, yes. it's, it's a, it's a dark ride that is about the future. It is visions of futuristic life. Uh, sometimes from the past, ideas from the past of what the future would be, and then you get to see a bunch of ideas from 1983 of what the future (laughs) could be, which uh, I'm on record many times as saying is the best future, the most optimal future. Some of these futures make my heart stop. They are so beautiful. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it, It is a weird, wonderful ride. Yeah, it's it's I th- I thought this while I was watching the video and then I saw that I think internally and some other people thought of it kind of as a sequel to the Carousel of Progress. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which of course if you don't know what that is that's like sort of the history of technology in America and whatever and with a little now of course it has a future quote unquote future scene which is 20 years ago future scene which is less fun. <laughs> uh, although although um my favorite but thing fun. in the ride, certainly, yeah. is fun. <laughs> yes. And also, um, but it's, due to the cyclical nature of trends, VR came back around, like rugby yes. shirts came back around. So it's stuck around long enough to be kind of relevant. Oh, voice activation 
is mm-hmm. real and very yes. inconvenient now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's here and it's a pain in the ass. And every it version, is not perfect. <laughs> every version of iOS, uh, the dictation just gets worse. <laughs> At least if you have a uh, Philadelphia regional accent, it just doesn't understand what the fuck you are saying at all. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's like it's like in the same vein. They used the Carousel Progress song in there, which is nice. Which is, I was really like kind of impressed by that. Thinking of like, oh, a ride sequel is really a cool idea. Yeah. Which we don't see a lot of. I guess. I guess I've talked about before the Monsters After Dark Guardians. Um, Halloween overlay, which is kind of a sequel in the same ride, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I was like, "Oh yeah, this is like com- this is exact like this is completely then a continuation of that idea, and on a bigger scale, more you know, longer ride, different kind of ride, a sequel in a different place." Yeah, is pretty rare. Let me ask you this uh, because I I did not know. I, I guess I knew it was in the spirit. I knew it was sort of related uh, um, to the Carousel of Progress and that the, the song was in there. Did the, the GE sponsorship uh, sort of unites the both of them, um, at least initially? Uh, but did you guys know that it was the same family? Because I had never put that together. When no, I, I did not. Yeah. When I started the research, it, it started to come up like mm-hmm. the same family in theory. I mean, this is like a heightening, an expansion of Carousel of Progress. Yeah. Yeah. We take them into the future, but, the way distant future. Yeah. I did, I did not know that it was, they meant it to be in the same ca- like, canon mythology. I mean, this is predating like C, the, of course, the Society of Explorers and Adventurers that was going to connect rides via this like group of horrible rich people that own the international rides. tyrants. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, which we love. We still will still do an episode on that soon. But yeah, this is predating that by years. And I like I really I will admit that as a kid I went on Horizons, but I it didn't loom large in my head until I was older and reading about it and stuff. It wasn't something that I was crazy about like Figment or something. Right. But well, let yeah. me let me Reading say this that. about my childhood uh, feelings about it, and this is me. This is in general. I think a lot of Epcot put together because I went when I for the first time. I think when I was seven, um, and in my head, um, I j- I have like such strong evocative memories of Epcot in general. Maybe not specific things, but I remember the feeling of going on lots of very long, claustrophobic, creaky shadowy rides there's so many of them and so to me for a long long time horizons spaceship earth and and world of motion were all just tangled up in my brain and i did not know probably until we started doing the podcast i had not completely untethered like okay which is the one with like the horse and the buggy and the horse is jumping uh which is the one where there's like a guy in a tunic with a scroll that's a beard guy but then there's also a beard guy in a capsule with a chicken like i like they're all it's all similar styles of animatronic um and all similar styles of very small vehicle that you're in for a long time that moves upward and clanks along i just i remember like the base feeling of all of it but i could never pick them apart for the longest time Uh, yes i I completely agree with that i agree with that too this the thing that sticks out in my mind like the flashes of childhood for world of motion is the overturned like horse cart 
mm-hmm. you know, street scene. In this, probably the robot butler. Robot butler never really was. There was always an image of him somewhere, even in shops or something. But choosing your own ending was like what stuck with me for this ride. Like going back and watching it, I was like, oh, wow, the first like third of this ride is so like bonkers and abstract. And like, I feel like it wouldn't get away with that anymore. It it feels like a lot of this, a lot of the stuff uh, adding to the legend of this ride, it's like Imagineering firing on all cylinders had to make some minor cuts, but they still spent a lot of money on this ride. It's loaded with animatronics. It's got like an A-list team of people working on it. The corporate sponsorship like actually seemed to be contributing ideas and not demanding like light bulbs shoved in there. And like we're, we're into the you know message of it and we're into like having their name on something positive and uplifting as opposed to like um make goofy hold a pepsi you know um (laughs) that would never happen disney's a coke corporation but uh you know it's just a lot of elements are just working correctly yes for sure um it's also a period i mean i think because epcot obviously has a a rocky history of it being a real city when Walt was envisioning it and then it's switching over to theme park but they were trying to stay sort of true like they were really trying to stay true to like Walt's ideas so I feel like Future World is a, is like uh, like they got to do an art album they got to do an art concept album whereas Scott's saying they all blend together and I completely agree with that in the same way that whatever like the suite at the end of uh, Abbey Road blends together <laughs> it's like all kind of of a piece it all kind of can you could probably sub in different scenes for the, each ride and it wouldn't be completely out of out of uh, uh, out of like or it wouldn't be completely um, jarring and and the other thing is that Horizons was the keystone it brought mm-hmm. together all of the communication and and transportation and innovation and all of these ideas are kind of present in here even the sea the literal seas energy like it all shows all the other pavilions kind of feed in to this uh gd captain planet ass ride <laughs> where like it, it it just uh makes makes a larger piece yeah. Yes, it would have almost made more sense now with the new version of Future World if they had just taken out pieces of all these rides and just thrown them into Spaceship Earth and made Spaceship Earth like a greatest hits of original Future World. Ooh, that's an idea. That's a good idea. That would have been, I mean, I guess it's still possible, but like then you can at least like get a lot of the iconic stuff from this this uh these rides because it sucks that like horizons is gone because it feels like horizons should have been pirates like it feels like you shouldn't have been able to touch this ride at least you could update it and make it new and cool but it feels it feels bad to me that horizons isn't there obviously in the same way figment isn't the same and I don't know. I'm not. Ma- I'm not mad about like Spaceship Earth changing, mm-hmm. but, but this being gone, one hundred percent. Yeah, is, is yeah. very strange for something that and it wasn't there that long when you add it all up. And right in the last few years, it was pretty spotty whether it'd be open or not. So it got kind of like a not graceful exit. I think I only went on it on my first trip. I don't. I don't think I. I don't think I got to say goodbye. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't have a memory of going on it. When did I it closed in 99, is that right? Yes, mm-hmm. it it closed like January 99. That was a big thing I saw mentioned. There is a a website called like Horizon Timeline or that's what the page on the website is. And they made sure to point out that Despite Epcot being at capacity on the night of December 31st, 1999, they did not reopen Horizons. Like, (laughs) in fact, they closed Horizons a year before the future was supposed to start, which is darkly funny, but like a little grim. Yeah. No, a very grim. Yeah. Uh, I I did not go on this because I went in 2002. So I probably had, yeah, I probably went on it when my when I was like twelve or thirteen for the last time, or maybe in like, yeah, something like that. Um, you know, it's another so, yeah, thing I, with them. It's, sorry, another thing with them just like okay. mushing up all together um, and, and being this sort of unique little concept album is that you know you don't see any of your friends in them. Like it's all uh, either anonymous animatronics or they are portraying. <laughs> Uh, you know, Jules Verne or like a real like man from the from the Roman era, mm-hmm. and like you got you get no Mickey, you don't even get a fox and the hound, you get nobody that you know. Um, which I'm that's not a complaint for me. It's just I like it was like so much to take in as a seven year old, and so like uh like just like odd and melancholy and not what I. Uh, expected a theme park would be at all. Actually, you add Maelstrom and Mexico Boat Ride to that too, which are also sort of claustrophobic, sort of darkly lit. That just that whole half of the park is so and the and the scary dinosaurs. Like Epcot was a like moody theme park. Yes, it's a moody concept album of a theme park that doesn't give you the hits from the Magic Kingdom. It doesn't give you what you want it's a challenging it's challenging which is why so much of it is gone it's why fans why. like it it's like no, like no 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 sit down and listen to it because if you actually like really listen to it you're gonna get it mm-hmm. but people who only yeah. have a passing fancy just want to hear the hits they just yes they just want those first early albums of pop pop but songs th- which are great this is the marketing, though, right? This was the mission statement for Epcot is was for the adults, for the adults who were coming, staying at the Contemporary, water skiing when they weren't at the parks, <laughs> you know, and and a permanent world fair, a showcase for ideas. Uh, I mean, just the concept art alone, this beautiful, like, uh, book cover painterly art of the, the Herman, uh, Herb Ryman, uh, paintings, not Herman, um, are just so great for Horizons. I don't think yeah. I know that exactly, I, but I think I know what you're talking about. Here, um, I I have it here. Um, I mean, he did that famous painting of the castle, but then this was an early one for yeah, yeah. Horizons. And then look at this, look at this big. Oh boy. yeah, oh it's sort of like it feels a little more like 60s of an art style, and uh, oh boy, just like you know, rays of sunlight flashing through, and so much color hitting everything. Is this family with two little girls in hats? They can't wait to go meet their friends at Brava Centauri. Oh, there's some swingers world. over here. If you can see them, it's you know. Warren Beatty. I think <laughs> that, that Warren is Beatty Warren Beatty. Pocket and <laughs> with someone's wife. It's Ali, it is Ali McGraw. It is Ali McGraw. Still, oh wow. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's. I guess I understand why all this stuff has closed, but it does. 
It, it, I guess it's for us as adults, not necessarily for even the general population of adults. If you took Spaceship Earth, just throw Figment on Spaceship Earth, and he's your guide through a best of all the Epcot rides. Mm. How about that? Oh, yeah. And you got a fun fun person for the kids, fun character for the kids. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. And just do something else with the bit. Like, is the back half just more of, like, that's like you end up doing your... Uh, like, well, why don't the screens just show you these videos where you choose your future path instead of bad, like, uh, 2006 <laughs> jib era jib jabs? Yes. <laughs> Cards your mom would send you. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I mean, we're doing some of the end of the podcast. Now we're doing sort of our concept album podcast because we're, we're sort of starting with the end. Yeah. Well, and that's We're sort of that sort of outside the box thinking is what you get with Horizons. You know, when you you get a business genius like Jack Welch involved, the oft mentioned on Thirty Rock GE executive Jack Welch, yes, who eventually appeared on Thirty Rock. I don't know if he counts as a um, uh, what I was calling for CEO performers like Eisner mm-hmm. and Brandon Tartikoff. He's he's a little bit in there if just from that one yeah. appearance. Sure, yeah. yeah. He helped think of this? He did a real thing? I he was um I think the original like CEO Reginald Jones and then Jack Welch was like his lieutenant who would then um take over the company and would be revered by the fictional Jack Donge. <laughs> Uh, but they don't, yeah, they don't talk about Horizons on 30 Rock. I haven't no, heard a sadly. lot of Horizons references, no. But it um, is funny that GE would go on to own the other theme park company down the line. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then with yeah. this, it's like incredibly ambitious and very adult, which is sort of what their theme park property is a little more it's like uh it's almost universal-esque and it's uh it, it's adultness and darkness and ambition yeah yeah it's 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 funny to think that it's funny because they're, they're, the company hasn't thought like this since this like mgm studios definitely like for disney's mgm studios definitely for the parents as well but that's much more kid. All the stuff they've put in there is much more kid friendly than any of this up. Well, it's you're meeting your friends left and right. You're meeting C three PO and Indiana Jones and uh, Rod Serling um, <laughs> and Busby Berkeley. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. What uh, uh, Jimmy Durante or wait? No, who's in the which, which gangsters do you meet? James Cagney. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the kids' favorites. Ray Bolger. <laughs> <laughs> all of them yep uh every- so yeah this is so this is the only like time in the disney company history where they were fine with no friends mm-hmm. which i liked Very as a kid friends. i did i appreciated it on a certain level because you get bombarded with friends at the magic kingdom you get bombarded with friends at mgm studios so i like the different vibe of epcot you know? Sometimes it's nice to be away from your friends. That's what we're saying. <laughs> you need a little, you know, you need a little break. <laughs> you need a break from your friends. You just need like uh, nine months to a year and a half away from all of your friends. <laughs> That's what we all need. A quick nine to 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, yeah, it's interesting. So that's, yeah, I... I 
I, I get why it's not there, but I was just so feeling so nostalgic for it while watching this you for know, something I didn't feel nostalgic for as a child. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't have so much fondness for it as, as a child. child. It's funny, uh, Mike and I uh, talked to a student group at UCLA the other day, and as we were talking... Yes, that's right. You can be impressed. But as we were talking to them, I realized, because I had horizons on the back of my mind, I realized, like, oh my God, were you all born after this ride closed? Mm. I think that timing works out. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A lot of people... We only went on it once. Yeah, it's. uh, I, I feel like it lives on through through videos and articles almost primarily one of which i i will quote real fast just to say the the scope of it because he broke it down real fr- real well uh, our friend doug jones who wrote a great article in dangerous minds about it uh just w- the, he spelled it out really nicely with these stats that i copy pasted thank you doug 54 audio animatronic figures 770 props 12 projectors and a pair of massive omnimax screens groundbreaking technology at the time spread across 24 sets set in the year 2086 incredible so mad like and and the the show building is so massive when you're looking at it and it's not just uh, it's not a fake facade it's not just for show like it's so tall because they had to fit those giant screens in the middle omnimax is the type of domed screen that they use on soren and um uh, I, I guess that's not the exact type on soren but back to the future the ride definitely yeah um and they had to be huge this is the first ride to to use them um and you also just technologically and, you know, I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit here, but um, with this interactive ending that it builds to where you choose the future that you go to, which interactivity already is a huge thing this ride's doing for the first time. But also, um, I think until watching the, the Martins vids, I didn't realize how they did it, which is like you're like on your way out of the ride, you were watching a little like flight simulator path uh, to a, a future destination. And it's this crazy thing where I think you're like going along a screen, but the projector is traveling with you. So you're like the the projector is mounted and like four cars all collectively pick which future that you go to. And then you're like moving along with the screen, which feels very Harry Potter ride. Like it's all these like early analog versions of things that, that are a little more. I don't even want to say commonplace. I feel like Horizons did things that are mega blockbuster moments in rides of the 2000s and 2010s. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about the, on the I think Haunted Mansion episode where like you'll see a really cool thing in a new ride and you'll be like, hey, what cool new technology is that? And they're like, oh, it's Pepper's Ghost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, it's just it's a really good illusion that still works. <laughs> and it does feel like maybe, yeah, like this one, it's like they probably still use this type of thing. I think so. All of hey, these, the, all this the type of technology. Orange scent. We get an orange scent in it, yes. which is yes. like the thing that people are nostalgic for uh, in Soren over California as opposed to the later one. It's I think we've agreed the superior smell, even with all the many smells in uh, the new version. Um, but they did orange. Uh, they did an orange smell first. I think that was probably pretty yeah. rare at the time i don't think yeah we i we were talking about it i don't think there's any other orange smell anywhere 
I mean, before 1983, I don't mm-hmm. know. Somebody will correct that, I'm sure. But I don't yeah. know if it's a correct analog. We, you can think of what the actual one is. But what we're saying is like incredibly influential ride did all of these things that were done, uh, you know, later to more success. But they did it first. And this concept album thing, it's what is it? Velvet Underground? What is it? What are we? Uh, what's is this mm. the Velvet Underground of rides? <laughs> uh, that's it, a good question. Is it television? That's a good one. Mm. Like big sprawling, yeah. long songs. Um, yeah. yeah, it's not pop singles, but if you want a little challenging 10-minute experience, absolutely. I, yeah, I think that's pretty close, maybe. The television of <laughs> rides. <laughs> television is a band, by the way, the for band, the younger not, listeners. It's not yeah, the Mark, television. It's not a ride about television. It's um, You don't watch televisions on it. The, we're say, comparing it to mm-hmm. the band. Yes. Right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, Scott, you mentioned the Martins vids. I, the thing that struck me in that, not just like the seven projector array for the ending, but the schematic for the Omnimax sequence where like it spirals around, like it, it just seems like when you look at it as a blueprint, it, it's one of those ones that looks like an impossible architecture. Mm-hmm. And it, one of the few where the like, it's not just a square show building behind it. It's like, no, it, yeah, it, that shape of the building extends behind it. It's such a unique looking building and something that is, I think, missing from Epcot, you know, now. Right, right. Yeah, the blueprints are so confusing to look. I still haven't wrapped my head around all of how it works. Or wait, are you saying, did you just say that it's like, you're tra- it's not one projector on top of your vehicles, it's seven? Oh, I think it's like seven. That's how they did I, like a half moon almost of projection. Wow. Wow. That kind of fans out in front of you uh, until you get back to. Wow. Wow. That's insane. Uh, The other folks, if you haven't, if you don't, if you haven't seen this ride through in a while or you don't remember riding it, uh, search on YouTube Horizons Revisit It, which is like a cleaned up, deinterlaced, restored ride through that is like, it's so rare you get like a quality video uh of these long gone rides and it is right. like it's, it's a 20 year old ride and th- a lot of times those look like shit on youtube yeah and they cleaned it up uh uh retro wdw and the lake buena vista historical society cleaned it up and put this video out and it is wild to watch this there's so much stuff like even watching it through a couple times it was like i forgot about that like there's so much especially because that first like i said chunk of the ride is so abstract I definitely, I hate to keep coming back to the concept album idea, but you're saying there's just so much, I'm like, I'm just scrolling again. I've scrolled through this now 20 times, but there's so much stuff. And then I remember hearing that, that when they were talking about building Westcott, Tony Baxter was talking about, there was going to be a 45 minute boat ride that would, that would like be, uh, just go along the circumference or not yeah the uh the edge of the park essentially and there would be four stops you could get off whenever you want it would be like the train the disneyland train except it would be full-scale dark ride for 45 minutes with like pirates drops like drops like at the start 
And I feel like right like they're just getting going with ambition here and they're like let's throw everything at it we don't have to do anything like we're 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 feeling so emboldened by the success we've had thus far right. that they were like we're gonna throw everything at this thing and we're not going to uh, not gonna uh apply any of the rules we would you would assume they would have for a ride like this and then uh like world war ii breaking out a conflict in europe happened and everyone <laughs> uh tripped on their own dicks so uh <laughs> that being you're saying the euro disney the euro fiasco, disney disaster which kills like more ambitious bizarre like non-ip rides like this which probably would have been strewn throughout the 90s if they had that not happened <sighs> Yeah, I mean, it's really the thing that, like, made Eisner blink. Like, it, like, made him, like, threw him off, I think. You start to sure. see, like, the decline. I and uh, well, there's a, a, a list, um, a theme park tourist, I believe, made a list of, like, here's everything that got closed or delayed because of Euro Disney Fallout. And it's it's Tomorrowland 2055, Westcott... The closures, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea in Florida, uh, Horizons, Man. you know, it was a miracle that Animal Kingdom was so good uh, when it was. Right, right, right. Uh, rough um, year. Maybe the maybe yeah. the roughest until this year, I would have to think. <laughs> um, uh. Don't we think to get Disney back on track, they need to build Westcott and have a 45-minute boat ride with no IP on it? <laughs> absolutely bring the ambition back get crazy guys that's what you have to do yeah deficit spending folks <laughs> you know don't be afraid of it you got to spend your way out of a recession spend your way out um also <laughs> that's like what i'm doing with toys <laughs> <laughs> for sure you know, I'm nobody's hoping. gonna want the like. We should. This is the point beyond which we're not gonna want Hall of Presidents, right? Like, what if we do it here? If we do it not with Trump, then like we can't say it. Nobody will say it was Trump's fault. Let's just like do it with Biden. We're done with Hall of Presidents and repurpose all of the robots and make them like animatronic like do something like this again put them in a space city or add them all to pirates uh if, if nothing else just like throw all of disperse the presidents into different pirates of the caribbeans across the globe <laughs> oh and not and not change anything about them right they're just the presidents yeah a lot of them already look like weird old you know martin van buren can be drunk on the bridge james <laughs> yeah. garfield is uh, harpooning somebody Oh yeah. Oh, that's yes. That's a great idea. Honestly, like obviously, have throw a bunch of presidents in the ballroom in the haunted mansion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or uh, pirates just build forty six more wells to dunk them in. They have it coming. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna build Biden to do that. They're gonna build Biden still, but put him into pirates. <laughs> hey man, back in my day, dunking in a well—that's party. <laughs> look jack he's saying that as he comes up for a second dunk me harder look, jack. jack hey look fat look malarkey that's more look, fun look fat you're lying with the pigs you're not gonna get the map you know <laughs> replacing Depp even just with biden Releasing oh, Jack, that would be so replacing fun. Jack Sparrow in general, popping out of the barrel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the on the chair at the end of the ride. Yeah, yeah. 
He's he's completely spinning the yarn toward to you. Um, does he is like he is he in, surrounded by treasure? Like what's by what's Biden's dream room at the end? Ice cream. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> a bounty yeah, of ice cream. <laughs> Pints galore. <laughs> you know, if Donald Trump Jr. heard this podcast, he'd be so mad at us. Like they go into my they they insult my dad every single episode, and then when it comes to Biden, what's the joke? He loves ice cream. Podcast the ride is soft. They are biased, <laughs> oh. and they will and they will be banned from podcasting in term two. Yes, <laughs> sloppy podcast the ride is no longer hot. <laughs> not like NASA. <laughs> yeah. Like NASA. Hey, wait. We're yeah. we're all being not optimistic. Trump is the Trump made space hot again. That, Just like well, Horizon sure. dreamed of doing. That's true. He did make it hot again. You're right. <laughs> Um, I let me let me shift gears into uh, you started talking about just the, the the building and the architecture. This is one of the best things about it. I could stare yeah. at that building all day. Oh my god! I, I it's hard to say because I like so many of those old pavilions, but this is probably the best. This big crazy diamond UFO spaceship yeah. thing. This big angular weird steel. With the sign up front, uh, that that amazing logo, um, just aesthetically before you even get in the door, and it was a bummer when it closed. But at least like before they just crushed it down the side to start building Mission Space. Even like seeing this thing over a fence still was kind of nice. I just like the. <laughs> I just wish the building was there. Yeah, I, it had the full hat trick. Great sign up front. Great building. And then the logo icon, the minimalist Epcot pavilion icons is, yes. is great. For My favorite one. one, I think I will declare. I like a lot of them. I mm. like all of them. But the the little like angled path to the horizon and the lines get thinner and thinner as as you get up to the horizon line. Yeah, that little icon logo is, is wonderful. They pack so much information in there and yet it's still really minimal. Um, I love it here's my here's my like oh i feel dumb because i didn't process this like i feel like i had heard over the years that this was kind of the you know touchstone it combines a lot of the elements of all the different pavilions but like if you stare at the building the vertical lines on the front go to a point they go to a horizon at the top of the building oh interesting huh did not catch that Yeah, no, I didn't catch that either. Um, I I will also um, this this building has just given me this permanent attraction to uh, big austere buildings from the eighties built in office parks. Um, I can <laughs> drive around because of this. I'll be driving around, you know, Irvine or uh, Westlake Village, California. Or the area around Fashion Island in Newport Beach. Sometimes I will see a building and a corporate logo out in, in a big in a big lawn. That's an important thing. Also, it's got to be a big, austere, sort of unfriendly but imposing but fascinating building, and then a big lawn, and then a, and then a like round sign up front. I'd, I'd put the land in this too. The land is also a very cool building. But I. Uh, I don't if if anyone can think of buildings where they've been to or work or something that are like 
the Horizons building. I can't get enough. Like if if I get a Horizons vibe from a building, uh, I just uh, it's it's like um, the the Ratatouille bite uh, that the critic takes. It just like flashes me <laughs> back to it just takes me back to childhood, and I, I feel good. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of building uh, hunters now looking out for you. I sure hope people- so. You know exactly. Is there a hashtag you could throw on this? What we're talking about here? Um, hashtag Horizons esque. Okay, yeah, that's good. Think about it. Um, the to Horizons for me, the building. I always think of. I don't know if you've guys have seen Star Trek: The Next Generation when they would do like we're beaming down to a planet, an alien planet, and they will do like a a kind of a painted looking like far away shot of the planet with some buildings and then they'll just cut and it's obviously a shitty soundstage on the paramount lot <laughs> okay. like it's this really like beautiful looking picture of a planet with like cool looking buildings that are similar to the horizons and the, the early epcot buildings and then it cuts and it's just like it's either like griffith park or it's like some studio <laughs> some soundstage uh on, on paramount but that but the buildings to me get that give me that very like Star Trekky vibe. Oh man, yeah. Um, it's that Logan's Run thing fun. too. Just like yes, like yes. this should be just one model on a giant table that you only see for 10 seconds at the beginning of a movie, but in this case you get to go be inside it for a really long time. Yeah. yeah. And it is it would have been nice if they could have preserved I I don't I keep being negative and talking about this, but like it would have been nice if they could have preserved some of this a little more with Epcot. Well, you also have the problem that, uh, and this is, seems alternatively debunked or not debunked, I can't tell, but it's, there's uh, at least the theory out there that there was a sinkhole under this building, and that might right. be some of the reason why Horizons <laughs> went away. Right. Yes, and I think other parts of the building deteriorating, too. I rewatched the documentary about uh, Hoot and Chief, the guys who would constantly sneak into Horizons and walk around it because there was no security system. And uh, one time, one of their feet went through rotten plywood. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and that that has led to a injury, a pain, reoccurring pain in their foot. They still have. So... They don't always oh. keep everything up up and going. Maybe more now. I feel like OSHA is a little more aggressive now. A little more, but like what Scott was talking about on Haunted Mansion, it was like there's a moat in the Madame Leota room in Haunted Mansion. Oh, yeah. You can't walk yep. up to her. You would just fall. <laughs> yeah. So obviously these are already not designed for people to hang out in them casually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the other thing from that documentary, this omni mover vehicle has no restraints so you could just vault over it <laughs> oh that's right that's why they were able to yeah if you then this is by uh, matt serrano who did the halix documentary that we, we got to be a part of and uh yeah it's so fascinating yeah these guys shot all this footage of themselves running around getting off the ride and, and going and like we can go be in this scene for two full minutes before anybody catches us and it's all about like <laughs> The all right, so uh, there's a, a gap. This amount of gap between cars, and we know if there's one that where there's six empty spaces, that means that we won't get caught. Like they figured out all the rhythms of it. It feels yeah. oddly akin to like when you hear about the guy who learned how to game Press Your Luck, the whammy <laughs> game show, and like, all right, I figured out the code. I cracked the code by watching it for hours and hours and hours. Um, 
But yeah, so strange. They just, yeah, as opposed to safety bar lowers for you, they just jump out the top and can go hang out with the family and feed the fake seal <laughs> in the in the ocean world. Um, yeah. yeah, I just feel like they spent a collective, like, many hours just hanging out in Horizons. Yeah, I mean, I am delighted by that story, but don't do that, folks. Please don't. No, stress me out. Stress me out. Uh, but uh, a wonderful, with some perspective, with a, a couple decades perspective to look back on. It's like, well, that's kind of cool. Pretty impressive. I, no way. I want I'm, people to go hang out there right now. The parks aren't open. Now's your time to sneak in. <laughs> What's the book about uh, museum? Is it um, the head? The name in my head is uh, like uh, Basil E. Frankweiler. The, like, what's the book about staying over in a museum? Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, Am I, I don't way know the hell off on that name? I don't. You know, there's hmm. a book about spending the night in the museum or a movie called Night at the Museum. I was gonna say, is <laughs> um, it the movies? Um, anyway, uh, everyone, yeah, go, go do that. Go find a, 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 a vent to crawl into. No one will find you if you go live in Rise of the Resistance for yes. two months. Have your Royal Tenenbaums evening uh, <laughs> living in Anaheim Rise of the Resistance. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Um, am I way... I, wait, Besley Frankweiler, is it? Is that the museum? Yeah, yeah. Kids, yeah. Si- uh, siblings run away to the Metropolitan Museum uh, of Art in New York City. Got it right. Okay. Phew. Self-corrected. No apology oh, necessary. Yeah. Let's continue. That's a funny... <laughs> that would be a funny episode is we each bring in the weirdest kids book we were obsessed with or like kids <laughs> think we were obsessed with. Oh, yeah. I got some of my grandfather's books from the 1910s and some of those kid books are weird. Thanks. <laughs> I don't believe that. Uh, yeah. Can you throw... Can you th- can you just get a wet our appetite? What's a name uh, of pa- one of these books? Uh, the one that sticks out... Well, there's two that stick out. One was just called Boy Scouts on the Moon. Uh, and then another one, uh, which my family just laughed at because of the old aphorisms. I believe it was called Papillot and the Pickled Peacock. And that was like a blockbuster movie. That kind of like rep- uh, alliteration back then, that just drove people wild. It was like the train driving right at you. People losing their mind. <laughs> which is surprisingly not in this uh, ride. They've got the moon, the moon with the ship in its eye. Uh, like anything that references the early days of cinema, it's got the moon with the ship in the eye. Right. Earth. Yeah. Yeah. I am um, just real quick with that. You reminded me with that kind of thing, like weird uh, turn of the century stuff. My, uh, my grandfather, who was a writer, I think uh, at least contributed some material to something called Captain Billy's whiz bang, which oh my God. Um, do you know about Whoa. Captain Willie Billy's whiz bang? I think Wait, I, that's yeah, what? that's a ref. That's also a reference in something. Maybe. In the music, I, can't rem- I think it's in the Music Man. Oh. Is that right? <laughs> yes, I think I, you're right. It's the Music Man. That's what I'm thinking of. I, I yes, it is. It is. Oh, yes, you're right. Wow. No Wait kidding. a minute. It's in. Uh, it's in. You got trouble, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's, I I believe so. They'll is it a thing that's warping cool. young minds? Because this was kind of yeah. It was like the Mad Magazine of its day, like a, yeah. a sort of like cheeky, wow. racy, body magazine. <laughs> and uh, I just in Google imaging <laughs> it, it looks like I just found a cover that seems to reference the Fatty Arbuckle incident. <laughs> like oh, they're no. parodying that in a Mad Magazine style. Um, so. Um, Surprising uh, yeah, no that's, that's one. I, I have a copy of 
Captain Billy's whiz bang around here somewhere. Whoa. In Europe. Whoa. (laughs) They put out a facsimile like 10 years ago. Some like book publisher, comic publisher. I have no idea who put it out. But I found it at a store and I bought it. Wow. Wow. I gotta find it and see if there's a, a... Gardner original in there. Okay. Carl Schrader would be the or name. Schrader. Check okay. out Carl Schrader if he's in there. Uh, um, giving uh, Fatty Arbuckle the what for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, um, uh, away from the 1920s into the, the 2080s. <laughs> <laughs> Was that um, this the is year? clearly. What's up? Was that the year it was supposed to be? A hundred years forward? Was yeah, apparently. Uh, again, okay. thanks to Doug Jones for highlighting that fact. I don't, I don't think I realized that. Which is that you then you wonder, well, how could it be the uh, family from Carousel of Progress? But of course, they jump twenty years in time in every scene. The Caris- Carousel of Progress is a magical family in general they're like a bicentennial man situation <laughs> like how yeah. could it, the same family go from the turn of the century to the 60s to the 90s or whatever uh and i guess it keeps going this eternal family makes it all the way to the 2086 they're wow. uh, like another kid's book tuck everlasting the family ah. curse to never die <laughs> <laughs> But it wouldn't be a problem if you got to live in in this world, go into this future. But I guess we're ge- we're going a little out of order because the well, okay. Before we, this is going very uh, haunted mansion esque. We talked about the outside, um, the the inside. Then you just walk in that first room, um, and then you see a big display of like the the flight itinerary. Like this is your airport. Here's where. You could go, uh, depending on which gate you go to, and it says future port. Just that. Oh, my God. This, like, uh, octagonal, I don't know how many sides it is, but, like, just the font of future port, the crazy places you get to go, striped with pink neon. Every room in this thing is such a aesthetic dream for me. That feels like, uh, like, in your dream house, one of the rooms looks like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. And and also with Dreamhouse, you I was thinking how much I would like to have this is a thing that's in a couple Disney rides, but it's in this too. Once you board the attraction, right before you take off into the ride proper, you are facing a wall of like pink slats. I guess the slats aren't pink. It's like glowing pink. Um, just like a, like a a big wall of light, and then those like oval shaped like futurey. I don't know how to describe it exactly, but uh, it's in Space Mountain at the when you get off of Space Mountain. Those kinds of thing. Those it's future slats and uh, uh, Star future Tours slats. in the line as well. Uh, I would love for like a, just a wall to be like that in my house, and I don't know how have, to do it. How would yeah? How you would have to get somebody to make like. You'd have to go to like Nick Offerman's place to get him to make you future slats, maybe. I think so, but I feel like I'd be going on and on about, you know, it's like this Epcot Ride Horizons, which is kind of this uh, cool image of the future Provacentari, and, you know, it's all, uh, you know, because I loved Epcot in the 80s, and he would just glare at me the entire time, unmovingly. It's possible. (laughs) I'd get so insecure. (laughs) But maybe he'd just say, I'll do it, and you'd be fine. Mm -hmm. You give him the money, and he does it. Yeah, yeah, look, I'm paying you, Nick. Yeah, chop up the chop up some future slats for me. Future I, slats. I've never seen at any of these Disney auctions future slats on the menu. Yeah. I wonder if it was built into the like the support beam. It was built into the drywall or something. Maybe, but uh, I think don't. Isn't it? Like, it's probably comprised of a bunch of smaller pieces. Yeah. That's another. Anyone? Let me know if you know how. 
What do you know about future slats, listener? Hashtag Horizons esque. Hashtag uh, future slats. I, I like. I yeah. I was just gonna say like I would want a hallway to lead into the room too that has sort of that plasticky kind of vibe, which is also very like Starship Enterprise yeah, as well. Big time. Yes. Um, yeah. Monorailish. All of that. Yeah. Feels like. Part of oh, monorail! Yeah, yeah, monorail has that kind of thing too. Yeah, absolutely. I gotta crack it. I gotta figure it out. Um, I think even before that uh, boarding, like you were saying, the departure board uh, all around you. There's a lot of glowing colored lights. You go around some corners and then you get on the ride. And when there's a hundred and seven, it was something like 174 ride vehicles on this Omni Mover system. I I never remember waiting a long time for Horizons. Well, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, that's the problem, probably, other than the sinkhole. <laughs> well, yeah, that that too. But um, but it was nice that it was a ride. I feel like the outdoor um, the outdoor section of like the Spaceship Earth Cube backs up a lot, and that can look a lot worse than it is. I really don't have much memory of the queue for World of Motion. But Mm -mm. I think it's horizons. You get the leaderboard and you're pretty quickly at the loading area and, and not. And then the first thing you see, you see this crazy ride. It's like an Omni mover, but it's got walls on the sides and it, the track is above you. Uh, It's not below you. Feels like, Mm -hmm. it feels like Harry Potter in a way. These like a little, these little pods that are, that, that face flat. Um, there, uh, yeah, we, we were also we were talking about Ghostbusters, and we looked at uh, the the vehicles for a proposed '80s Ghostbusters shooting ride that never happened, and that felt like the vibe of these ride vehicles a little bit. I, I love the color scheme. I feel like Ghostbusters would have been similar too. It's like a, that that like reddish orange that's the backing, and then just like black silver on the front. I they look so cool. I'd also love like a die cast one of these. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, just in general, like the nostalgia merchandise seems lacking from Horizons. Like, give us the building, give us a little building, give us a oh, little, I love a little yeah, toy oh. of the building. Oh, my God. Look oh, at one it. of those yeah. kits you put together that's supposedly like just really cut up your fingers if you try that's to do it. I, let's give it oh, to yeah, me. I know I'll do it. I will destroy my hands. I, the, uh, you bring that up. Uh, I could not find a lot of real vintage merchandise on eBay for Horizons. I found a lot of T public accounts selling like the logo. Um, so if you want the logo, you can certainly get variations of it. Sure. But I really didn't find a lot of like vintage stuff out there for sale. I just think this was not appreciated at the time. Like, yeah, in hindsight, I think at this the groundswell of support has happened. But it just at the time, I just don't think it was moving enough people. And and we can see that now. And it's they're not like exploiting it for nostalgia money they don't yeah. they don't see it i i think i think it's there now more than they know essentially that's what i'm saying i guess the fact that those guys were able to sneak around the ride for so long and that they could yeah. count on giant stretches of ride vehicles that were empty going through constantly that, yeah. that sort yeah. of tells you it's a bummer too because like in like Sinbad ride in Japan and we were only there for a few days but we went on it a couple days and it was like that was empty too and I was like I hope this doesn't mean this is going away but it does feel like sometimes great rides aren't people aren't going on them hmm. but some of that is they're efficient 
Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. then both Sinbad and this one obviously was an omnimover that was very big. Yes, that's definitely part of it. But I feel like maybe that maybe works. Like Haunted Mansion is can get through a lot of people, but is you know usually as a decent oh, line. It's pretty backed up. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if it's like the those evil money people at the parks look at it and go, well, this these this line isn't isn't longer than five minutes. Means it's not that popular. Well, right. maybe they had dreams of a ride that would give people seizures and make them sick. They they just had to get in um, a, a ride that could uh, uh, affect you negatively for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. From they the good that. people at Compaq. All right. Oh, my God. Oh, we got to do Mission Space. Uh, uh, yeah. Mission Space, I'm also getting the sense now that there's a dedicated Mission Space fan base. Mm-hmm. That I did not think existed. Hmm. Maybe we'll run into negative them. about. Yeah, we've been negative about Mission Space, or at least I have, and I think Scott is. Jason, are you? Well, I less negative. I think the first time or two I wrote it, I was very impressed at what it was able to simulate. And then the last time my family all went down, we all walked off, and everyone needed to sit on a bench. Like everyone's like, I need fifteen minutes to collect myself. Like everyone was like, oh, like between headaches and queasiness. Um, oh yeah, no, I that's the, my experience. I think visually, I think the Spaceship Earth building is uh, uh cool to look at. Mission but, space or mission space? What did I say? Yeah. Spaceship Earth. Oh, Spaceship Earth. Yeah, no, uh, Spaceship Earth rules. Um, no, Mission Space, I think the buildings are right, but compare, it, going deep dive on Horizon for like a week now, it's just like, oh man, it really <laughs> makes Mission Space look like shit. Uh, it's also a ride that is 15 minutes of sitting on a bench. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. In the best way, seeing the best and, stuff. Seeing the and best looking stuff. At a, looking at a screen the size of like a Nintendo DS. <laughs> and that's... Like you're watching the... <laughs> that's another thing that's unique about it. It's like three times as long as other Omnimover rides, but it's uh, a third as long as the moving theater kind of rides. And I don't really know what else falls into that category, you know? It's just strange. I mean, it almost reminds me of Rise of the Resistance in its like weird multi-act nature and that you explore yeah. all the parts of this little campus in in many different ways that combine here's the animatronic zone and here's the screen zone and here's a different kind of screen zone it's just uh it's all over the place yeah and it, it, i think that maybe part of its genesis like it had so many different names they were going to call it century three but they were concerned international guests wouldn't understand that at some point it was just called horizon and then we got Horizons. Briefly was considered, uh, the name briefly considered was Future Probe. And everyone's like, oh, <laughs> that's the medical implications on that. Um, <laughs> we're, all, we're all aware that we have probes in our future. and uh, Yeah. But it's good. It'll help us take care of uh, potential <laughs> health issues. But I don't want to think about probes. them when I'm on a ride. Did they, did they want to call Body Wars Future Probes? <laughs> More that accurate. Actually, That's what it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that would make sense. Um, just the ideas jotted down. This early idea was for an innovation and enterprise, which became science and invention. Uh, 
then um oh god what's this one ge really wanted it to be about thomas edison that seemed like it got scratched pretty quickly a another name i came across the incredible time machine colon a journey into the worlds of science and invention that doesn't really roll Hmm. off the tongue like horizons no i mean horizons is a great name yeah it also sounds like it could be maybe like a rehab facility (laughs) or the name or the name of your yearbook (laughs) yes yes for sure horizon so look back at 2003 (laughs) right it is a great name though but it is not so specific no uh i gotta say though this century three piece of concept art is awesome oh yeah like i wish they sold a decent print of that that's all the vehicles going in a big starburst that looks real cool century three century three is a cool name i do like century three yeah yeah i think they called i think there's a vehicle in the ride labeled century three somewhere Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, well, I let we, let's get into some stuff. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know that we have to like you know room by room it, but like the, the I guess I in a way I sort of until watching ride throughs I sort of forgot all of the past of the future or the future mm-hmm. wait yeah the uh mm. future has filtered through the past yeah. yeah um which that's another thing there's a lot of spaceship birth also you end up like watching old footage with like kooky music like <laughs> which also i think happens on dream flight uh another yes. i think i mushed that up in my head too um uh but um it's neat you see jules verne in a pod with a, <laughs> a dog. I'm still, I guess I'm confused by that. That's how he thought he would get to the moon is uh, in a little pod where he'd be standing and like have a little like trunk. Yeah, a chicken. <laughs> I think I think the chicken would provide eggs maybe. Well, I, they were also like his idea was like, well, what if you built a gun big enough to shoot a man to the moon? <laughs> cool. You'd yeah. Be, yeah, you'd write like a note. You were in the bullet. Yes. And then like you the bring w- one chicken with you who you hopefully is pretty regular with egg production, which then do you have to bring a hot plate so that you can cook them up in there? You could a Rocky style. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Just eat them, eat them raw. Just pure protein straight out of the mm-hmm. shell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. I mean, that's everyone else is overthinking it right now. We just get in a giant bullet and go to the moon. <laughs> with a chicken now should i yeah. uh, strap myself in inside the bullet well and the same question goes for my dog and my chicken <laughs> or do i just stand without a seat belt hmm. <laughs> hmm. i think you probably should well if the you know if the bullet is completely the correct human size and, and it's like there won't be any room to bump around in mm-hmm Oh, no, no, no. Jules' vision was that there'd be a lot of room and that the chicken and the dog are untethered (laughs) to anything and that he's just in a full thick suit, like a big starchy 1800 suit. I don't think it's occurred to me how insane this scene is until right now. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. Standing (laughs) through my trip to space. It feels like correct because of all the other like oh Da Vinci and Michael Michelangelo paint, but that's that's like normal stuff compared to this. Mm-hmm. Hey, wait, yeah. you also meet Jules Verne. This ride came later, but you meet Jules Verne in the old uh, Dreamatorium or whatever that ride, the Vision Visionarium. 
Oh, yeah. There's multiple else. Magic Kingdom then also had a Jules Verne thing. And then Doc Brown's obsessed with Jules Verne. And then a lot of, there's all these things that are like, this is the future Jules Verne. And so much Jules Verne in the parks. I've, yeah, and Jules and yeah. Verne were Doc's kids in the cartoon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, technically, I guess. Yes, and somebody pointed out when I uh, I posted a picture of me uh, with my finger in an inappropriate place on the monorail after a few too many adult libations, and somebody <laughs> said that it looked like Verne at the end of Back to the Future 3, who was weirdly pointing <laughs> to himself. Oh, right, right, right. Whatever Ooh. the hell is happening there. So I'm that's sorry. That's brutal. I'm, yeah, that's a pretty bad own. Roasted, I'm sorry I looked like man. Vern. That's something to aim for, is to not look like Vern. Look like Vern. It's funny, name your kids Jules, Jules and Vern is such a, oh, what a tribute. You, your father must have, or your mother lo- must have loved his work. But then, like, if it was just like, hey, Vern, it totally loses any... Like if if completely out of context, just like then you just think of Ernest's friend Vern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. If you aren't introduced after your brother, yeah, right. Jules, at least you go. Oh, Jules, that's Jules, a yeah. sophisticated name. But you go, hey, Vern. What's up, Vern? Yeah, yeah. And Ernest ruined it uh, forever. Ernest, it's Ernest's fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a lot like of things for a lot of people. I'm sorry. There's like little lanterns in this Jules Vern car too like i kind of can't get off of it now like you he had to did you would you have to like light a candle inside these (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then there's drawers but the drawers aren't baby locked like the these drawers would be flying around (laughs) he's the first okay the first things i'll say is that he looks like he's in genie's bottle for my dream of genie (laughs) oh yeah uh and then second second he uh it's like uh, Edwin in Mary Poppins a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's Where it's like he's laughing fun. and he's floating and, and like you don't get the sense that like he's in space here. No, not really. The the um there's like kind of a tube at the bottom, which maybe answers a question that I had, which is how are <laughs> Jules and the dog and the chicken doing their business? Mm-hmm. Bottom well, tube. Yeah, yeah, bottom shit, tube, I guess. Sh- shit in the bottom tube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't underestimate him. He thought about unless it's unless it's just one of these like lanterns isn't a light, but like it's not lit, and they just like keep putting their droppings into the top of that. Could that yeah. be sort of like the exhaust? Could that be help helping fuel the propulsion? Oh, maybe so. Yeah, yeah. In case it loses any energy from having been shot out of a giant gun. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then, of course, we know that the bullet ultimately ends up in the moon's eye, and that mm-hmm. the eye yes. winces, and it seems mad that a bullet... <laughs> He's not... The moon's not dead, but... Oh, here he is right now. There's that moon. I love that trip to the moon, moon. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was what comedy was in France for like 80, 90 years, until they got Jerry Lewis. They were still just laughing at the moon with a <laughs> with a bullet spaceship in its eye. <laughs> <laughs> they gave it awards every year. Yes, every once, year. Once again, the best actor, the Bullet Moon. <laughs> <laughs> he did other movies, rom coms. He fell in love with the, the sun. F- <laughs> the French loved the Smashing Pumpkins Tonight Tonight video. <laughs> Finally, a return to form. <laughs> we haven't liked the movie since Nutty Professor. <laughs> Billy Corrigan is our prime minister now. <laughs> Um, I what else is in that old time? Yeah, there are other animatronics in that in that initial in, run. Well, there's yeah, there's all the like kind of illustrated version of the Da Vinci stuff, and then it kind of very quickly jumps to like 1930s pulp 
uh, future with with the infamous robot butler and a lot of just art. Everything is art deco. The windows, the chairs, the avenue. I think they reference the avenue of the planets. Does that get referenced in Tomorrowland 94 as well? Mm. Oh, right, right. I, a future that never was, I think, is a reliable theme park uh, standby. It's always good. I like any yeah. version of them, essentially. Uh, um, yeah, that I love that weird future. I like a little robot butler. I like this. There's a there's a big there's a hair cutting machine that tans mm-hmm. you. And if you watch one of the videos, you see a close up with like the different settings. You can go to Hawaiian tan or Palm Springs tan. Um, <laughs> I think that's where Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow is playing in an old timey mm-hmm. yes. fashion. Um, there's a woman in a bathtub at some point. That, I don't know, that's that's a hopping future. It's a hopping. Uh, that's the same version of It's a Big Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow that plays when they are demonstrating the radio. They have mm-hmm. in oh, uh, right, right, right. Progress. Yeah. Yes. Like the very. It's like a real like. Jaunty. How would you describe that? Ja- I guess jaunty is the word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how many people, like, uh, this is, what is the percentage of people that went through it that went, oh my God, this is a sequel to the Carousel of Progress? How many people knew the Carousel of Progress to begin with? Uh, right. I, I, they're like, oh yeah, they, they had probably just been on it that morning. <laughs> <laughs> and already lost it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I don't huh. under underestimate uh, Progress Land, the the version from the World's Fair, because if you were from the the like tri-state New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania like area when the World's Fair is, that was a big thing. My dad always talks about going to the World's Fair. So then everyone who was a kid going to the World's Fair, then they can hop on a plane when they're adults, two hours away, go to Disney, see the Carousel of Progress again. So kind of primed for like a big horizon sort of thing. Sure. But I'm still, Um, I think, I feel like what Mike is saying is like, if you're like a sunburnt, like Budweiser drinking half shirt (laughs) guy from Florida in in 1983, uh, maybe your World's Fair knowledge is low. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, uh, every uh, you could be always surprised by the type of World Fair fan. You know, you never know. Yeah, who loves the World Fair? <laughs> Shouldn't judge a, a World Fair fan by its cover. <laughs> who carries uh, a secret flame? Uh, um, there's a there's a lot of talk about you know automation right now because of the pandemic, and and some companies are now going to probably use this opportunity to accelerate to automation and to replace human workers i will say from this scene uh if they do it with cute robots i think we'll all be a little bit more happy with it even though it'll put a lot of people out of work and cause some strife for a while no good yeah as long as they're cute yep yeah fine done deal it's like this dish this dishwashing robot i think deserves more merch robot butler sort of i think has become the most famous yeah He's got the merchandise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, I've got Scott. Do you have him in a park star? I don't have him. No. Um, but they made him. But I feel like dishwashing robot does definitely deserves some love. A little more attention. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Um, where do we go from here? We yeah. This is, we we were in that screen land. Uh, lots of future visions and Buck Rogersy stuff. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a version of the future. The next two scenes are both kind of neon wirework scenes which are really 
art movie concept album-y. And apparently were put in as a cost-cutting measure, but I think are so cool to look at. There's the movies, uh, uh, popular culture kind of movie versions of the future. And then there's the neon, like modern non 1950s view of the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you could definitely like, obviously these are videos and my memory isn't so clear of the ride, but yes. Why is you're saying like, you can tell it's like not as expensive as robots, but you're watching and you're like, this looks awesome. <laughs> this looks like a cool, like real life Jetsons. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, um, when, when do we end up on, when do we end up in Omnimax? The, so the Omnimax is next and, and this is right before it is the second of three of like kind of transitional, like colored, like cloud sequences, which I, I think work pretty well as a transition Mm -hmm. rather Mm -hmm. than just like black, like a totally black room. I think that's kind of like the lights are synced up to the, the talking. Oh, Um, that's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, the 1950s, uh, there's a great dialogue exchange about like, wow, we thought the 1950s, that version of the future is pretty out there. And then uh, the the grandmother again says like, well, we all wanted to have some fun. You know, they, she, everyone keeps bringing up fun in this ride, uh, which is very funny to me. <laughs> the... Uh, the- these these lines again have not lasted like the carousel progress i assume just because it's not as around as long Mm -hmm. but i i they haven't they didn't stick with me even as much as they did with you did you were you listening for the old people talking and writing down or was that just something that struck you it just struck me after a few viewings of like this is very funny. The naturalism they tried to make this (laughs) dialogue, the way they tried to do this dialogue it Uh, is it is funny because there, I guess what I guess yeah, what you're illustrating is they're still sort of playing on the old trope of like the husband and wife hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be passive aggressive. They're not applying sort of the like like Star Trek: The Next Generation's concept. Gene Roddenberry's concept of the future was that by and large humans had resolved their per- interpersonal conflicts. Right. He was like he was talking about like. You know, they're really just trying to, like, go about the universe and try to deal with problems that come into contact, they come in contact with. But the Disney futurism was still, was still like, well, the husband and wife are passive aggressive and they cut each other down and that's just how it always will be. So they were still going with an old school, like, sitcom yeah, it's, way of approaching their future characters. It's optimistic, but you got to get a little Lockhorns in there for mom and dad to laugh. <laughs> you know, are the Lockhorns represented in Toon Lagoon? That is they a are, great right? question. Um, I could be wrong. Are they King Feature Syndicate? <laughs> well, I'll have to look that up. Otherwise, I won't I'll get look. to sleep tonight. Um, so, yeah. So from the cloud sequence, then you hit the Omnimax uh, screen sequence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We see some DNA uh, chains, which was like a, a pretty new thing. I don't think we were too DNA aware at that point. Um, yes. That all looks cool. Had to be computer rendered. Um, if I could nerd out slightly on a thing here, um, there is some cool synth stuff going on in this sequence kind of throughout the ride, but especially in here, there's a real like synth landscape happening. 
and I was like, I wonder if I could figure out who did it. I wonder if I could look it up. I looked it up. It's a guy named Michael Boddicker. Michael Boddicker is one of my favorite names that you see in uh, albums, uh, liner notes all the time. I was so excited to see his name. Uh, he's a thriller guy. He's all over thriller. He's on all my favorite stuff, which is like Michael McDonald and George Benson and Al Jarreau. We Are the World. I think the beginning, the big synthy part of We Are the World is him. Wow. He did the score for Buckaroo Banzai. Um, so that's a cool one. Uh, plays on Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston. Mainly was very excited to see Michael Boddicker's name because uh, we on uh, Mainstream Electrical Parade, we talked about my thing, Lords of Synth. Um, Lords of Synth is about like uh, people, like analogs of uh, Giorgio Moroder and Vangelis and Wendy Carlos. And to do Wendy Carlos, I was like, I remember tossing out like, now that's got to be one of those old keyboards. It's like an old uh, Moog and it's got like all the patches, all the wires. So go find that. And then some production designer is like, those are extremely expensive and very hard to find and uh so he just went searching for people who had just actually had working equipment from that era like what wendy carlos would have used and where did he end up finding one from this gentleman michael boddicker we wow. used a real old keyboard i looked up what it is it's the moog system 55 we used a real like vintage piece of equipment and i remember being told uh, if you break this thing this costs like two times the budget of this entire piece so <laughs> do not be extremely careful with it we were i didn't know till after we shot it that it was this is from the collection of this guy who played on thriller i'm 80 percent sure he played the creepy awesome evocative synths that play while you're waiting for captain eho like outside like there's oh, all this like yeah, ambient yeah. stuff at the beginning and maybe maybe some of this horizon stuff was played on that thing that we got to use as carlo windows's synth in uh one wow. of my favorite things i've ever been a part of was it plugged in on doing it or was it just for the the look um, just for the look. I'm no, no, shooting. no. We didn't. I, I think you'd need you like a, even... a real technician to figure out how the hell to right. uh, to operate it. And I remember wow. the, the yeah. actress being very tentative, like, okay, <laughs> I heard the scary warning. And we're like, just bash the thing. Keep plug, plugging stuff in and out. And she's like, should I, though? <laughs> yeah. And you are still Could... paying for the repairs, but it was very funny to see Josh Fadum take a pratfall through it. So <laughs> Didn't end up using it in the cut. It just yeah. didn't work, but it was fun. I'm glad he tried it and uh yes i will owe money to michael boddicker for the rest of my life <laughs> that would honestly though give you a good excuse maybe to see him once in a while oh my god yeah yeah i've been wondering if there's a way to contact him um here's a check here's your check for the month <laughs> what i heard is that because when i asked like why did this guy lend it out? And and he said, well, I explained the concept and that it was referencing, you know, Car uh, Wendy Carlos and stuff. And he was like, that sounds cool. Look, I, I should charge you way more, but I just want this thing to be a part of it. I think he's just oh, like a nice, nice. Oh. nerd guy. Uh, so, yeah, listen to his cool stuff, especially in this Omnimax room. This guy rules. Uh, That's very cool. And, and accompanied by like just really, again, abstract, but pretty beautiful, like, it feels like an art film when they cut from a city to a microprocessor, very still oh, yeah, kind of yeah. new in the popular consciousness at the time, and then crystals and uh, the ocean and DNA strands, and then at the end, just the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is in that zone of like scary epcot films the films announcing epcot were scary the films in universe of energy the, the movie at the end of maelstrom just these like 
strange narrator free you're just left to free associate what imagery <laughs> is all about um there's so yeah so many films in epcot and all of them extremely stark all of them very adults there's nothing where somebody's like doing a cute voice and talking to you it's all like just like criterion type um scary <laughs> 70s documentaries it would be these are the you would be like if you were if it would be like the equivalent of like taking a film class in college and they're like, now we have to watch like 2001 and now we have to watch. Yeah. These are the challenging films. These yeah. are. Yeah. You're not going to do your Wizard of Oz's and your right, Indiana right. Jones. No. You're getting like Stan Brackage ink blots, paint, paint drops and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I love I love scary Stark Epcot. Uh, um, yeah. But of course, things get a little friendlier when we go to the future. And this is like the meat of the thing that you are you visit three very different visions of the future, which are essentially land, sea and space. I guess land, you could be more specific and say desert. Um, desert. That's, that's well, like, you see like the an city. irrigated desert. The grandparents live this city. See, it, oh, that's, that's wait, the, the city is separate from, or is that that's like considered part of land in general? Yeah, land is kind of split in two. That's another cool, like a film cut almost, where it's like you see the apartment, they're like, I'll take the city. Yes, it's always exciting. And then they kind of transition into the uh, the deserts, the reclaimed desert where the daughter is uh, in irrigation, agricultural mm-hmm. engineering. So does the city not count as one of the futures? Because I was going to say we should like pick a... F- I mean, I think we still could in general, but like at the end, we should discuss what's our ideal future. I, I, I don't know if the city counts, but that's where I want to be. I, I love that city very much. Well, it's always exciting, so... It's always exciting. Of course. It's always... <laughs> If if I pull up this and and for listener forgive me but we'll describe it uh, f- triangular buildings with weird like uh, orby things coming out of them um, like the fountains out front perpetual dusk like beautiful this beautiful pink dusk I I want to be here so very much it's like build there's buildings that look like the Studio Fifty Four logo essentially. <laughs> um I I mean I mean I think this picture I literally did send to somebody involved in Moonbeam City. I think we were we we're chasing this vibe where it's always pink dusk. Um mm-hmm. or this this orange one too. Like I have nothing um productive to say. I just love these places so <laughs> much and I want to be in that apartment. I want to I I, I want to be uh where that Carousel of Progress guy is wearing his jumpsuit. I want to be playing his orb keyboard, his weird light up nonsensical instrument. Um I I I love this world so much. Yeah, I feel like it's an aesthetic that I kind of never goes out of style. And and one thing I saw mentioned in the genesis of Horizons is that people's visions of the future had kind of matured a little in popular culture. You know, you had Blade Runner, you had Alien, you know, and very grim and grimy. And this kind of marries the two of like a, a mature version of the future but it is hopeful it is optimistic you know yeah yeah and yeah. realistic and realistic S- yeah seems real it still seems realistic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah it's not so well it's all like based in current technology it's all like 
you know, several steps beyond technology that we have, like the the irrigation machines. I guess that's a lot of steps beyond. But that, I guess this is that's kind of one of the most striking parts of the ride is uh, right. this yeah. fields that's being plowed by these giant machines that feel like they sh- like if if reprogrammed in a wrong skynet way could do a lot of damage these feel like war of the worlds a little bit but they're friendly mm-hmm. they harvest oranges for us yeah they're fine i mean they're not as cute as the dishwashing robot but yeah they're friendly i think uh for now. i mean i was just reading an article there was one there was a climate scientist that was very alarmist saying that we're already past the point of uh of no return as far as climate change although i've seen now other people say that's not completely true we can always turn it around but he was saying that there needs to be like massive uh machines built to pull carbon out of the air right yeah we'll figure yeah, those was, out like, right about- we're gonna get them yeah <laughs> which i mean humanity in general is is like you know how i was in college like i put everything off till the last minute <laughs> like a lot like of as we saw are. with the virus and we saw how well that went yeah yeah uh, so maybe we'll build these giant machines to pull carbon out of the atmosphere like a couple weeks before the planet dies and, and just like college mike carlson we knew about the problems for a very long time because like oh, yeah. reclaiming the desert for like lush green space crops, desalinate, uh, desalinization of salt water to make it uh, consumable or usable in, in mm. crops. People have been thinking about that for hundreds, if not thousands of years at this point. Oh yeah. 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 And I, we got to, we got to, uh, yeah, forget you about know, it. <laughs> I, there's this guy. So Mark Zuckerberg broke the world, and then uh, you know, we'll get to the desalinization. You know, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, there's no, yeah, all the futurism is rooted in like reality of the time, and it's we're saying now is still stuff that needs to be done, or still uh, possible things that could help turn some problems around. Um, I'm trying to think, was there anything in here? Like they didn't forecast everything. They didn't forecast like celebrities going to Swedish clinics to get teenage blood to <laughs> stay alive longer. <laughs> like I assume no. what Quincy Jones is doing. They, they <laughs> forecasted like pluots, like the lemon orange, mm-hmm. like, uh, creations in this ride, you know. Oh eventually- wait, yeah. Now hang on. I, this is something I never caught until, and I copy pasted this big stretch the, by the way this world that we're talking about is is mesa verde that's the yes. that's the <laughs> land world uh um which of course oddly is a is a recurring location in better call saul so horizons <laughs> used it first disney get suing um but yeah mesa verde world and it's yeah we're dealing with with irrigation and one of the characters in it we follow is is like a farming person and there's a shelf that you see that's a bunch of fruits and i never put it together that they are weird hybrid fruits of fruits that we have um let me see there's this <laughs> ivy that you look at but it's not a regular ivy it's called circuit egg ivy i don't understand that one uh pepcumbers i guess that one's pretty clear and i liked saying the word flavor grapes well now that's just uh sir so you, you're just gonna show me regular grapes but tell me that this one tastes like a lemon and this one's a kumquat 
I mean, that's a that's lazy naming. I think the idea is sound. Yeah, yes. But the, I, the, the texture and experience of eating a grape is good, and I would be interested to try different flavors. If a grape that surprised you with its flavor, yes, that would be cool. Um, this one's black licorice. Ew. Um, so, They're like jelly bellies. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop, <laughs> ew, popcorn. <laughs> popcorn grape. Poop. Um, and then pin... Okay, how do you say this? P- pine- I guess it'd be pinanas. Pinanas, mm. yeah, yeah. Or pineapples. That's got to be delicious. That kicks ass. Yeah, I would. I eat mean, that'd one be a good drink for sure. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and oranges, limes, and orange. Lord Michael's his own oranges. Oranges. I want. I need a, the assistant. The Lord. The- <laughs> <laughs> the Lorangettes uh, need to give me a basket of oranges or uh, I can't meeting start the meeting. <laughs> if you go into Lauren's office, do not eat the little orange. It the is oranges. just the bowls of little oranges are just It's for a him. test. You're not going to get update if you eat the orange. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, I'm realizing because I know a Mesa is like a geographical, you know, like a plateau. But it only occurred to me just now that the name Mesa Verde is a wordplay because uh, Mesa, I believe, the translator is telling me it is also the Spanish word for table. So technically, mm-hmm. Mesa Verde means green table. Huh? Oh. Greenery? Oh, harvest? Yeah, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. How about that? Um, so the, so the, they named, because the, it's a national park, so they named, that's, that's, it's a cute name. Hmm. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> cute name. Or it could um, just be named stuff. after the national park and I'm uh, going too far. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You saw, uh, I didn't realize until uh, uh, Blank Check and Griffin Newman did a great uh, uh, episodes there there, and there's a Mechas run and their Back to the Future episodes have been great. And I didn't realize until he pointed out that Hill Valley is like a conundrum impossible oh, in all these years i never put that together yeah. that hill valley makes no sense mm. yeah that's funny it's a know. joke that's been there the whole time yeah, and it's just a it's a little easter egg you get it later mm-hmm. and and then we all just went like hmm <laughs> that's the degree of uh, huh. oh yeah but i like it when i like it when christopher lloyd yells <laughs> that's yeah, more what better. i was focusing on yeah. uh, <laughs> um Okay, so, I mean, this one's cool. Uh, Brava Centauri. Wait, no, you end with that. You, I guess the yeah. next one is, uh, what? what's the sea called? Um, uh, sea Castle. Sea Castle. Sea Castle, yes. So, a uh, great transition here where the granddaughter, teenage granddaughter, is talking to a video conference call um, of her boyfriend, uh, who they call a beach bum, <laughs> and then she's like he works he works on a floating city and then it cuts to the other angle where there's an animatronic boyfriend and the video girlfriend i believe the boyfriend in the video is a young tom fitzgerald one of the lead imagineers on this ride yeah i guess so uh, um i you know um yeah, I I threw it out to a uh, friend of the show, Bugman Buzz Buzz, who because I know he shares the my fondness for like Epcot attractions being weird and scary, uh, uh, and just like yeah, being up at night and exploring these claustrophobic spaces. And I'm like, I was just like, what are, what is his main thing with Horizons? Because I know he's got to have one. And mm-hmm. he said uh, the 
that there would be that you see characters as on a video screen as real human beings and then as robots is so clever <laughs> and so like also like off-putting and upsetting a little bit and a that, little bit. What, like when you take each individual side of it that you're watching a robot whose boyfriend is a real man and then you switch it and it's the other way um <laughs> and he he was like yeah who are these actors it, like has anyone tracked them down so interesting finding out that one of them wrote the ride um and the other one apparently uh i had her imdb up her name is corinne cook um, and she has some fun credits, uh, including that she is in a movie called Malibu Hot Summer, which has also been released as Sizzle Beach USA. And uh, this is one of the first, maybe the first film credit of Kevin Costner. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So Great check names. out Malibu Hot Summer. Let me see if I can get a tagline on it real fast. Three girlfriends who find careers and the hottest offer of their lives in... Wait, what? In Malibu Hot Summer? What's weird? I got confused by the grammar in that partway through. Fuck you, Malibu <laughs> Hot Summer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to add to the unsettling. I'm sorry, the dialogue they actually call... that What they call him is a beach boy. Not Beach Boy. Oh, yeah, Bub. it's Beach Boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a Beach Boy. And the dialogue is because she's defending the Beach Boy to her yeah. parents. Instead of flirting, or is it them, the parents bickering? Instead of flirting with that Beach Boy, he is not a Beach Boy. <laughs> As if that's so bad. As we've determined yeah. that I, these are now plans that I have to join the Beach Boys. Um, <laughs> and I would think that any uh, parent in law would be very proud of me. Yeah, and the, like like this is another where they're like sort of just going in the going with the past because you know in 2080, obviously the Beach Boys will still be touring in 2080, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be the most like tangible original member. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> right. propped you up by uh, uh, robotics. Like like he he actually did meet Mike Love right before he died, so he counts. <laughs> He's the one with the most legitimacy. <laughs> You look like, of course, the emperor uh, on Exegol. On Exegol. <laughs> You're being, you have an arm, a kooka arm behind you. And uh, puppeted to sort of tap a keyboard <laughs> and play uh, uh, Kokomo 2070, <laughs> the update that we did. <laughs> the con uh, concerts are now only uh, vibrate, are real vibrations. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't yeah. hear it. It's just you're hearing them like on these low tones. Yeah, yeah. You have to. You have to be a precog. You have to be in the precog mm -hmm. tubes to experience. You gotta be in the tubes, <laughs> and you will be on the floating city. But it is not the beautiful utopia of this floating city. It is called an atoll. Oh yes, uh, the plagued future. by smokers, floating atolls. <laughs> floating. <laughs> um, the deacon and his posse of beach boys. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah he's a marine biologist and they call him a beach boy a beach boy it's odd disrespect yeah, to that profession i do i mean that's obviously i feel like that's a thing in the 50s and 60s where your parents would be like oh you're you're good for nothing surfer boyfriend huh <laughs> oh, what a real loser he is if he was respectable he'd be dying in a factory right now <laughs> yeah he'd be in I upton mean, sinclair's the jungle putting the meat pieces in the casing machine but all these i mean all these old parrot heads they lo would love a beach boy yeah they'd be like oh great you you're one of us 
I'd say so. You know? Yeah. Well, and these yeah. guys have so much fun up there. They get to show uh, kids some seals and float around in the ocean with some projected scenes. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're having a lot of fun in this. So this one's like a competitor. It's 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 tough to. The three are all competing for best future. Uh, it, it's hard to determine. I don't know which button I'm going to press at the end. Yeah, yeah, I I mean I I didn't watch a lot of Sequest DSV as a kid, but I certainly did put it on Peacock last two nights ago. Mm. How'd it go? And I have like uh, <laughs> I have like affection for it exists for remembering that it existed when I was young. Yes, mm-hmm. the vague idea of it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't. I like the idea of of the, all of this, but I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still. Well, do we do we bring the third one in? Do we bring uh, Brava Centauri in as the sure. as a, uh, option number just three? A, a quick shout out for the number of animatronics in sea ca- in that two story sea castle scene. Yeah, and then you see the yeah. people enjoying their dinners uh, in the little like porthole viewing stations. Uh, this is also where you get the grandmother saying a very curt, "Well, so am I." Uh, <laughs> is just very take a take a look at that dialogue exchange it's funny to me <laughs> why are they so upset they live in that awesome loft apartment in triangle I, city they look at dusk every day i think it's dusk yeah. from morning to night it's always dusk night? there they, they said it's only a few minutes to go and see their kids but they are also had the option to video everyone's video chatting that's mm-hmm. a funny thing yeah. that where this ends up is like it's a a birthday and no, and their people can't be there in person so they all just project videos of themselves and that's a future that we have realized why we had spent mm-hmm. a whole year of virtual birthdays isn't it as fun as horizons <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it is as fun wow grandma got on fun. the machine <laughs> Well, that's and she's synced up in her singing with mom, who's off in Seattle. This rules just as as good. Well, (laughs) no, no no problem. My son-in-law and his family would choose to live nowhere else, or whatever they say. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, uh, boy, if Horizons could have predicted Zoom backgrounds and all the fun that we've had with those, definitely enough ideas for how to play with Zoom backgrounds to sustain. Uh, two years worth of zooming. <laughs> um, uh, I'm realizing now. I just I should real. What? Yeah, too yeah, yeah. Real. I know. Here now, I'm doing it. Let's get back to the. Let's get back to the the fun. Hey, you future. know what I want to say about the future? It looks like the Cloud City. Yeah, in yeah. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Which is that's what, the place to be. Which is what? And any of these hotels, uh, uh, I think would be more fun than the Star Wars hotel they're building. <laughs> Oh yeah, being yeah, Cloud City Hotel, yes, would be very cool. Yeah, in that tiny little cell, prison cell, on the Star Wars Hotel. <laughs> we'll see. We'll go. Uh, we'll have to go try. Oh, yeah, it. I'm gonna go. In- I'm gonna oh, pay yeah. nine hundred dollars a night to yeah, go to pay, this hotel. Pay Jeez. a rent, a month of just under a month's rent payment. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, for who? Uh, well, nine hundred dollars. Ooh. <laughs> um, Okay, living in a closet. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, so, uh, the uh, word space. We're in Bravo Centauri. Mm-hmm. Bravo Centauri. Uh, now, uh, just in general, to talk about, like you know, we're deciding here. 
living in space, I, there was no fantasy I had more like that loomed in my mind than living on the Enterprise as a kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So while we're, this is a little bit more like clinical. Yeah, yeah. It. It's yeah, not as fun, not as fun of a space as Star Trek. But man, watching this, I'm like, yeah, that's as a kid that always felt like the coolest thing. I think I would definitely have picked space as a kid. Yeah. Um, uh, well, you get to be upside down in this one. You get upside down animatronics in this one. Yes. Yeah. The 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 hanging um, Omni Mover setup really adds to the like floating through underwater, floating through space. Um, I I think really heightens that in a nice way. Also, the going from ocean to like there's a little bit of blackness in under the ocean and then little stars show up and then you're in space a lot of cool theatrical tricks yeah transitions yeah it's it's like i'm trying to think and maybe this is unfair to like little mermaid but it just like it feels like it's doing so much of a better job simulating you going and changing like terrain yeah, like right, Little right. Mermaid, you go underwater, and like obviously we've talked about that. Like the original idea was like it would feel more like you're floating, but Little Mermaid always to me feels like you're just on the haunted mansion, like Omnimover track for the most part. Right, but this, right. yeah, they, this they went all out, really trying to immerse you and make you feel like you were switching um, scenery and switching terrain, switching gravity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a question. Maybe you guys can confirm for me about one of the tricks in the birthday party scene in space, the video screens, are they animatronics kind of like poking out of the video screens? Is that right? Was I imagining that? Or is that a pepper's ghost? Is that a pepper's ghost? Yeah. yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. Cause they are coming out of it. Essentially. It's hard to tell from a video. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of a funny choice of like, Oh, did this get built first? And then they had to re, resort to filmed footage for the other ones for like saving money mm-hmm. um i don't know i do like it, looks it. Like, it looks it cool. looks like it looks like pepper's ghost to me yeah that's my guess because like on on the video and i'm just scrolling here to try to on this video i'm looking at it does look like pepper's ghost but i don't know that to be a fact mm-hmm. hmm. not sure I don't have a lot about the space stuff. It's it's cool up there. I like seeing people upside down. I like seeing uh, you know, uh, little little like jumpsuited kids. I guess I I wanted to be a jumpsuited kid. Uh, I wanted yeah, to be yeah. like a Bill Mummy. Um uh I don't know. Kids in space always have a good time. Yeah, kids in space. I definitely Except for uh, Newt and aliens. <laughs> mm. She has a very bad time. Ender's game. Mhm. Yeah. All right. You all right. Kids Newt? don't always have a good. But often kids have a horrible time in space. But are you talking from Alien Three, Newt? Um, what happens with what's up with Newt by then? No, two. Oh, he gets. Well, no. Newt is in Alien Aliens, which mm-hmm. is Alien, uh-huh. the second Aliens, mm-hmm. and then uh, in between Aliens Two and Three, he just gets killed off screen. Oh, oh no. Oh, <laughs> Aliens, Alien, uh, the third Aliens. It's just like he's dead. But Newt's a girl. Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> Newt dies. Newt, Newt dies yeah. in between. I I'm forgetting. Right, right. Um, uh, okay. The movies, but uh, that happens for sure. Newt dies. Okay, okay. No, I yeah. I, for some reason, I haven't seen Alien Three, so I don't know. Uh, um, it's depressing. Well, well, 
now I guess we're all right. If we're picking, if we're picking a button, if we're picking a return path, or or if you had to live in one of these futures, I guess I guess that's really the question. Do you like? Because now we get these three awesome model sequences that are like Star Tours before Star Tours, like the biggest model sets ever built. These shoots that took two years. These things are so awesome. Uh, these little like minute long simulator sequences. Um, but mm -hmm. uh, what do we choose? If you had to take one of those paths and then live the rest of your life in Mesa Verde or Brava Centauri or Sea Castle, what do we pick? I think I always picked Brava Centauri or Sea Castle. Brava Centauri used in all of the marketing material uh, the the in I watched an in room loop from nineteen ninety two. That little short snippet of space flight, I feel like, was they just got marketing material for years out of that footage. Oh yeah, like disconnecting from the docket and kind of and starting yeah. to fly through. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I have that footage lodged in my brain and I could never remember what it was from. Uh, and I, I sometimes I forget it was it was Horizons. Yeah. Um this okay, so wait, in the in the if I'm choosing, is it I'm gonna live here for the rest of my life? Hmm. Um, is that what, what the exercise well, is? Well, I don't know. Uh, maybe you're just maybe you're just picking a button on the ride. If that makes oh, it easier. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Yes, that makes it a lot easier. <laughs> what do you uh, want to that... kill you? The pressures of underwater, the pressures of the vacuum of space, or the unrelenting heat of the desert? The pressures of big city life. Oh. Uh, I think I'm going space mm -hmm. because yes, all that Brava Centauri stuff. And even though it's not quite the Enterprise, still you get to float around, you got the jumpsuit on, and there's still, like, just that that fantasy as a child, I think, is still too strong, you know? Yeah. I think I gotta, I gotta go. As, as cool as the city is. Right on. Um, I think I'm going uh, Mesa Verde. It's not that Mesa Verde is that cool in and of itself, and I don't know if I want to work in irrigation. I don't know if I want to program those giant machines, but I would like to smell oranges, and I think that um, model sequence, that flight path is extremely cool. I like that you land on a little, like, helipad outside of, like, a, you know, future New Mexico build it. Like, th this is the vibe of, like, future Southwest, I think, is so awesome. Um, so maybe I'm going with that one. Maybe, maybe C is too claustrophobic for me. Like that yeah. path is cool. And they, you know, the, the, the little model footage that they shot, they made it look underwater by, uh, you know, using like fog effects. They didn't actually shoot in a tank or anything. They simulated it with, with fog and smoke. Um, so that sequence is cool, but it's also, it's also murky. Like if anything leaks, I think down in Sea Castle, you're in a lot of trouble. Um, yeah. so if I go to, uh, Mesa Verde, then I can go hang out in pink triangle city whenever I want. And, uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm set. Well, Mesa Verde, that's the, that's the, that's a long-term choice, mm -hmm. yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I get that. Well, it gives you more uh, flexibility, you know, being close to your parents. I'm, I'm still pretty close to my parents uh, where I am now. Uh, I didn't make the leap to Los Angeles, which is equivalent to you guys making the leap to the sea or uh, mm -hmm. space, as you did by moving here. Yeah. I think I yes, would choose... I'll complete the triangle. I will choose Sea Castle. Because we all pick different things. Wow. We all pick different things. Uh, I don't know. I just feel I like being by bodies of water. I like staring at a lake or staring at the ocean. Uh, if I can't sleep, I automatically put on like running water, mountain stream, 
waves. Uh, I think it's just one way I reset my brain. Certainly, it's one of the ways I have managed to sleep during uh, our current future. Well, you are a beach boy. I am a beach boy. Yeah, I love the yeah. beach. You don't. Yeah, you don't deny it. You don't. Th- you don't find that to be an insult, as the grandparents intended. Mm-hmm. I can barely hang a framed photograph. Uh, I am not an engineer of any uh, <laughs> irrigation or uh, marine biology or, or uh, space. I am solely you, a beach boy. Have you ever hung a picture? I've hung a picture. I just, when you start to get into, you got to find a stud. Oh, is the drywall strong? And I just hate all that shit. <laughs> um, it depends what you're hanging. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, no, we'd all be screwed in terms of working in any of these oh, uh, yeah. places. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they accounted for podcasting uh, <laughs> as your employment in these worlds, but it'd be interesting. Now, now via Zoom, we know that uh, we can do this distantly. So maybe there is a future in which we're recording this podcast separately from space, the <laughs> desert and under the sea. Yes. But popping out of our frames in a hologram fashion and wishing each other happy birthday. Yes. Um, uh, the ride does not, the experience does not end there. So as you get out of the ride, there were a couple different versions of the exit. One uh, was a beautiful hand-painted mural called oh, yeah. The Prologue and the Promise by Robert McCall. And I'll bring it up. I have it right here with uh, Robert McCall in the photo. Uh, you can see him right there. Real Whoa, proud that's of. the scale of it? He's as big yeah. as the people in the... Oh, my God. That really shows you how huge this thing is. Yes. And so uh, this only lasted a few years before they subbed it in for like a glowing GE logo. And I asked around in preparation for this episode because I saw one blog that said... They preserved this canvas. They preserved the mural. And I asked some of our peers, do you know where it is? And the answer was, I think it's been lost. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think at least anyone at the moment knows. So if you know where the prologue and the promise and the, the McCall estate, uh, you know, they, recall was a big like space age painter. Um, and they, they have it on their website and I am sure you can get a nice print of it and it's a very beautiful painting, but, uh, only lasted a little while. It's a mural about the promise of the future and they lost it. It's gone. (laughs) It's destroyed. Well, I think it's just things happen in like 30, 40 years like you take it somewhere, you put it in a warehouse, and God knows where it ends up. And then the building it was in is destroyed. But I, I did not realize it only stuck around for a little while. Hmm. Hmm. Um, well, they scattered Horizons things all across uh, different parks internationally. Those are little ways you could experience uh, Horizons elsewhere in the Disney Park verse. Uh, one of them being. Um, these the three amazing model sequences of flying to your future destination are all used 
at the, or, or were used at the end of Star Tours in Tokyo Disneyland. I think I mentioned this a little in our episode about the Pangalactic Pizza Port, but basically it was like a, you know, a post-flight thing. You would end Star Tours, then you'd go up to this bank of monitors and, and you know, see all of the offerings of these different settings in a big, uh, big uh, screen called Tour Scan, and there's a little robot telling you about all of them, about desert and space and sea, and that robot was the robot named Dan Android. Uh, which delights me as much now as it did a year ago when we talked about that. So check out the Pangalactic Pizza Board on uh, on the second gate. Uh, a bunch of other things like robot parts and various uh, horizons, odds, and ends were all uh, dumped on the France Backlot Tour uh, where they <laughs> pretended these were props from movies or something instead of a ride that almost fell into a sinkhole. Um, the, the France backlot tour, we clearly have to hit it because Disney just put out this video saying, here's what's coming up in the future. And one of them, uh, uh, I, I forget, I don't know which of you tweeted this, but I, that, that idea, the concept art of here's catastrophe Canyon and here's a big cars truck smiling at a fire. It is the creepiest imagery. Uh, somebody on Twitter said it reminded them of the everything is fine dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the cars can feel pain. The cars can scream. <laughs> that was Jason tweeting. That. I was, figure, yeah, yeah. It's even in Jason's voice. I like that. But the um yeah, that Fred's backlot tour, what a bizarre mess. Um <laughs> I so anyway, I don't know. They like strewed a bunch of uh horizon shit all over there. I forget what. Um but I don't know. I think they did this ride dirty. Um I think it's yeah. it was replaced by a thing that is that a lot of people don't like. Um I I remember I think I might have been in Disney World at a point where they were mid-destroying it. Uh, I'm, I'm not totally sure. Just seeing it with a fence uh, around it was bad, or maybe I'm just conflating that with that I've seen photos of that a wrecking ball went through half of this beautiful building. It's such a bummer. I don't know. It's such a, just a not graceful end to a really cool, ambitious attraction. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's brutal, the operating schedule of, like, Fall 93, the GE sponsorship ends. Late 94, Horizons closes. It reopens December 95 because uh, Universe of Energy was being re- redone and World of Motion was being redone. And July 9, uh, January 9th, 1999 was the last day of operation. There were some tests. Supposedly in fall 99, there were some press groups who got to go through it but it just never reopened again. And that's very sad because the the people who worked on this, just a murderer's row of Imagineers who worked, Marty Sklar, uh, George McGinnis, Claude Coates, John Hench, Rolly Crump early on, like Tom Fitzgerald, we said, like so many people that just come up in the history of the Disney parks and theme park design in general were like had a hand in this. Music mm-hmm. by the guy who co-wrote the music for Sunny Eclipse with um, Cal David, the voice of Sunny Eclipse. What do we think of the theme song? The Horizon oh, theme yeah. Song. I think it's a nice one. I think, I mean, I, I'd love just, do they need to put out a vinyl? Or wait, there's an Epcot vinyl, isn't there? Maybe I, maybe there is and I don't have it. If there's, a, a, I should get, if it exists, uh, whatever has all these songs. 
Because as we yeah. discussed, I do like Living with the Land, the song. Mm-hmm. Let's not mm-hmm. have confusion about that. That I Listen like. Listen to the Land is the song. Oh, Living okay. with the Land is <laughs> the... Jeez. <laughs> Living with the Land is not Listen to the Land. <laughs> yeah, there's an official Epcot album. I don't know if it was put out before or after Horizons. But yeah, when you say the official song, do you mean the like easy listening kind of like uh, track? Yeah, I mean, I can play a snippet real quick i also have if we're gonna go i also have the unreleased demos <laughs> what? what really <laughs> yes why because <laughs> they're on youtube oh, weird wow uh let's just get a little taste here so this is the main one I think I'd like it if it had no children on it. Uh, Children's yeah. choirs, I'm not a big fan of, but the instrumentally, I think it's wonderful. It's mm-hmm. like the Carpenters or something. It's, it's right. uh, lovely. And there are five different demos I found on YouTube here, and I'll just play one of them. I'm okay. not going to, you can go sure. and find it yourself. But they were doing some different styles. Tomorrow, like the heartwarming side of. Where we work, where we play, dreams come true every day as we reach for new horizons. We have learned to get more out of living. I like this. This sounds like the song they would play when the world ends, like when the last light is snuffed out. This is an epilogue (laughs) for humanity. This is this this song plays during the end of something. This is what music will all sound like in the future. Yes. Year 2080. Uh, uh, this though, you know, back to albums, you know, Prince has been releasing the Prince Estate has been releasing these albums full of like five discs of demos. Mm-hmm. How about we start doing that with these rides cuz you know multiple versions of songs existed. Obviously, they had to work on things and they, they tried things. Absolutely. Yeah, let's get this. Yes. Let's get this for all the rides. Let's get an official releases remastered. Yeah, every instrumental track, every the false attempt uh and let's make that weird orb keyboard exist because I'd buy that. That's what I would. Yeah. I, I'd spend uh, twenty thousand dollars to buy that <laughs> if it worked. Yeah, um, the th- I agree. The, the theme song brought up a big thing we have missed talking about. Mm. If we can dream it, we can do it. The much misattributed quote, uh, which D twenty three had an article, the D twenty three website. Uh, or no, was it IO9? Uh, I forget now. This has been confirmed over the years as all these guys start to age and like no one is telling the like really good dirt stories yet, but everyone is calling their shots of like, that was me. And Tom Fitzgerald says, I'm familiar with that phrase. I wrote it. <laughs> now, why is this an object of fuck you? I thought of dream it, do it. Because it is often credited to Walt Disney. <laughs> Ah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and for years, I thought Marty Sklar wrote it. 
But uh, yeah, I think Fitzgerald, I, I, one of the uh, former Gawker Gizmodo sites had a, here are fake Walt Disney quotes, and here are the, is the actual context for these quotes. And that was one of them. You, you, when you say fake, you mean ones that people think are him, not the game I played a couple of years ago with everyone and I made up generic quotes. <laughs> yes, ones, ones, but they are similar of like, with, sure, the, sure. with the power of imagination, even a poor man <laughs> can be rich, you know, like, it's like, Walt did not say this. Fuck you. I thought of uh, the world has room for all of the magic we could ever imagine. <laughs> Give me some fucking respect very important phrase yeah so that is that is a thing also i i did not see the video for this but uh it appears like much of early epcot uh there was a grand uh opening ceremony with a lot of people in white jumpsuits and you love Mm -hmm. to see it yeah yeah holding big uh future tennis rackets with an epcot logo (laughs) as the net um, this looks like a hell of a party. Um, wonderful. I, I think I thought of a good way to go out with these with these quotes and just thinking about like the futurism of, of Walt Disney or Tom Fitzgerald and the, the hope uh, um, and these visionaries who created and inspired um, this this very hopeful ride. Uh, and and to to combine that with the visionaries that we actually ended up with. Um <laughs> I, I'm right. Gonna, I'm right now going to share my screen. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, Elon Musk's Twitter, and um, <laughs> let's just—I think—let's go round robin, and all three of us say one of the last thing. If it's just a retweet, it's not going to work. But let's just find like the last coherent things that he's tweeted and say them in the most Walt Disney esque fashion that we can. And this will be a beacon to to the future of now, to the future of 2020, not to the horizon's future. Um, right. Let's see. Uh, and I haven't screened these, so this this might not work. I don't know. Um, uh, oh, I think it's going to work great. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, there's a saying that I often think, I stop and think to myself, and it's this. Tesla holiday software release is fire. Two fire emojis. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll go next. Well, there's something I always would say. Cobra Kai is a deep cut. And uh, this next one's confusing. I wonder if there's a more uh, clean yeah, try to find one for you. It's hard to vocalize the galaxy brain. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's and now he's just been tweeting about the launch. Oh, no. Yeah. Here, I should just keep he trying to find to one. Because he was <laughs> got a positive COVID test. Oh, that's right. <laughs> or two positive COVID tests, two negative. Wait, where? Uh, were, yes. Wait, what did he tweet about the COVID? That's, that's what we close on. Uh, yeah, he's uh, been, oh, yeah, he's been tweeting. He's been trying to like debunk COVID. He's he's on a mission for months to debunk. Okay, okay. Then here's here's what I'm gonna do. Here, what, what, Jason, you should close it out. Uh, uh, will you just uh, look up whatever he tweeted about having COVID? Uh, and in the meantime, uh, I will say our final things. You survived podcast the ride, Horizons edition. Uh, I hope you feel nice and hopeful. Uh, and uh, if you do, share some of that hope by uh, uh, in, interacting with us. Uh, you can choose between the three choices of. 
Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Uh, and uh, also uh, be sure to check out three bonus episodes every month at, at the uh, podcast or at the second gate at patreon.com slash podcast the ride. Um, uh, did, did you find anything? I didn't. I don't know if you have a phone or a computer uh, handy. Uh, I didn't mean to just command you there, Jason. Uh, no, I got it. Okay, great. Uh, so, so in the words of uh, our great futurists uh, of today, let let me set this up a little, like they they would in the style of the ride. Yeah, well, these futures might seem far out, but they are possible with the power of imagination and progress. And something extremely bogus is going on. Was tested for COVID four times today. Two tests came back negative. Two came back positive. Same machine, same test, same nurse. Rapid antigen test from BD. If you can dream it, yes, you can do it. Yes, you can do it. Goodbye, folks. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Mike Carlson, Jason Sheridan, Scott Gardner, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.